You guys ready to worship? Jesus, we just love you. We thank you for the freedom that you give us to worship you this day. We come into your court with thanksgiving and praise. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your freedom today. Hey. Come on. Woo. Who breaks the power? Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory. The King above all kings. Sing that verse again. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings. Who shakes? Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. A son and daughter, the king of glory, the king above all kings. It's only you, Lord, who rules the nations with truth and justice. Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The king of glory, the king above all kings. This is amazing.
slave. Worthy is my king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is my king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Come on.
remind you this morning that that blood has taken care of every sin against you. Oh God, that you are free before God. You are clean, justified before the Father, completely free this morning. Now worship Him like it with me. Worship Him. Worship Him in freedom. God, we worship you. Let's just spend a minute just, just love on Him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Jesus, bless His name, bless Him. He has paid for all your sins. Lest not you forget. Oh God, oh we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord. Forget about you, about your payment, about your blood. No, Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't come on. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget. Lord, we won't forget about your blood. Wash away 
promise you won't be the same. We're so honored to be in an important place uh, in an important time. Uh, ambassadors are very unique, and when there's a call for ambassadors around the nations, uh, it, it's important that they understand what's about to happen. And it, it's so with the body of Christ that the Lord will call us to stand on the rampart and watch. He'll set watchmen and they'll begin to make a report, uh, watching to see what the Lord's going to do, what he's going to say. You'll see it in Habakkuk. Uh, it, it's calling the body to an extreme uh, time of attention like never before. And, and then deploying and, and making your amends before the living God. Uh, there's a place of repentance for what has been done and, and what's been done. Uh, not only for what you've done, but also for the nation. Uh, when you see Daniel, the life of Daniel, and he begins to look into a season of, of, of time and season. He's looking at Jeremiah, and he's looking in the Word, and, and he begins to scroll in. And he begins to study a time and a season that's upon them, that they're living in. And it was a time of judgment. And he's looking, how long is this judgment going to be until there's a release? And he studies it out, and, and he finds it's a place where he begins to repent. And, and in the place of repentance, God begins to take a man before the throne room of God and begins to stir heaven. Uh, when the Lord begins to call you to become and search the hearts of men, he, he literally, he also wants us to search our hearts. God, God's searching who will stand or, or who will do, who will do even things that, that are not of God. I mean, there's a judgment that, that God's watching. Pharisees were gathered in, a, in Jerusalem. They're, they're watching Jesus to see what he's going to do. It's an appointed hour, a very unique time, and there's a man with a withered hand, and they're watching. Uh, who's watching to see what he's going to do? Whether he's going to break a Sabbath law, and God's watching whether his son is going to fall into the place of obedience and do what he's doing. Uh, the Pharisee was saying, you don't do it, but God was releasing. Your pastor came, and he begins to release this word. He begins to release prayer. And, and isn't it a place that the Lord would position us? to where he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He surrounds us with grace, but, but when there's a trumpet or a sound like a horn in Nehemiah, it was an awakening, whatever side you are. You may be back in the nursery. I mean, you may be in the farthest corner of the earth. Uh, you may be far and even to this place, but when the trumpet begins to sound, there's an attention that begins to come, and it's an awakening by the Spirit of God. And so he begins to remove all unassurity. I'm, I'm making up a new word. I mean, it's, it's just go with it. <laughs> So we can be assured. <laughs> All right, Lord. I always deal with English teachers, and it's like, it's not my, um, my, my course, but, um, but I know David's wife can absolutely take care of me real quick. <laughs> English, again, was not my forte, but, Lord, we're asking again for the embrace and the kiss of heaven. Father, we ask for mercy, and we thank you that you do subdue the enemies of the cross. We thank you for the song of psalmist that begins to cry out the blood and the mercy of the blood and the power of your blood 
Father, we've been a people that have been restricted. But until you call a man to rise up and pray, you're calling ambassadors to rise up and pray. You stir us from your heart, from the perspective of your heart. And yet the Pharisee looks from the eyes of man, but yet you're looking through the eyes of your son. And what will you do? Father, this day is a day that's your day. All glory, always. And Lord, not that we had figured it out, but you establish our thoughts. You bring us to the pathway that you walk on. And Father, we didn't just come for a stroll, but we wanted to have full attention to what you're going to say and what you're going to do. We bless you, Father, in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Many days ago, we, uh, and when I say many days ago, a lot of years ago, we were, um, we were pastoring. Georgette and I, uh, we took it on a, on a journey that the Lord had invited us to. And uh, one particular service was um, absolutely a, a unique service. It was like a shutdown. And I couldn't figure out what's going on. Uh, my spirit's going off, and I'm being stirred in a number of ways. And, and it's like there's no movement, and all I've got is, is this gut feeling. It's like something's wrong, and it's on the inside or it's on the outside. And, and I remember the day, and I just I grabbed Georgette, and I said, will you come up here, and will you just walk with me? Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the protocol of, of a typical service. It, it was an absolute shift. But the enemy had literally had made a ploy to shut down what God was doing. And, and your senses begin to come to that place of awakening. And many of you guys, there's going to be releases of dreams, releases of your senses. Uh, it's, it's like, why are we stirred? What, what's going on today? What's so unique about a day? Uh, time, again, as we search, stand in places of position, watching what the Lord's going to do, what He's going to release. Uh, it, it keeps us as watchmen, standing on the wall, but, but not moving until He releases. David can't be released until there's the movement or the sound of what the Lord's going to release. Angels are going to pr proceed where it's going to go into. Uh, what precedes us now is, is not running premature, standing on the watch, tempered in the fire, but mature enough to stand and release. When God releases, when, obviously He releases His people to release prayer. He's calling us into difficult times, but searching the hearts of men who will stand and who will surrender their heart. In, in this time of warfare that was going on in our church, I said, Georgia, just walk with me. And we just began pacing back and forth. Um, she's going, I don't know what's going on. She's hanging on. But I wanted my confidant with me. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. I tell you this, there's an assurity of the Lord's promise that he's put you together. And whether you came in from out of town, you're part of the Lord's gathering. Uh, he surrounded you, again, not to smother you, but to establish a fire that's holy. Uh, you can put pine straw on top of a fire and you've got a lot of smoke. But when there's a breakout, you'll see the fire. And you'll also you'll see the fire of God when God begins to release and break his people out. We've been smothered. The enemy would like to put like a covering over the top and let you just be a smoke where there's no fire. But when the Lord begins to release, you'll find, uh, you'll find it's, it's the Lord putting hope back in this body of Christ. Now, Georgette and I, as we're walking back and forth right there, I've had dreams. Uh, the Lord's given me, during this time, uh, very unique dreams, and I would have encounters with a man I'd never seen before. Uh, he had come into our, re our region. Uh, he was on the other side of the fence, on the demoniac side. I'll just say that. And as we began to fight, not knowing what's going on, we're praying. We, uh, where we met at was a place called the Garden Center in Pensacola. It had windows all on the side, on the left side, and on the right side. 
And as we're walking, no release, no release. Georgette, come walk with me. We're walking, we're praying. I said, just pray in the Spirit. There's sometimes to where there's words, but there are words that the Lord wants to bridge the gap that's supernatural, given by God. Your intercession, the Spirit of God prays the deep things of God, the things that we knew not what to pray. There's times when it's time when the Lord says, release the prayer by the Spirit of God. Uh, there's also a place that He scribes that we can pray with the Spirit and also pray with the understanding. We may not understand what's going on. But when the Lord says release, he releases. Did you not catch it? It was like, like a wave just came. And it's like we're, we're riding on the wave. Spirit of God takes us to these anthems. And we ride it and it comes lulls, highs and lows. But he calls us to be steady and, and absolutely ready. We're, we're like the, the minute men. We're ready to move in a moment of time. But what I, I watched was as we're walking back and forth, uh, just there's something begins to break. I'm asking the church, would you guys, we begin to join in with us and please begin to pray. Uh, you know, you're just sitting in an audience like something's different going on because the enemy's coming in like a flood, but the Lord gave us a promise that he'd raise up a standard. He began to arm the body of Christ for war. Uh, how, how do you understand what it is? But, but it's just like you begin to rise up and pray in the Spirit. He began to arm us for war. It wasn't just me praying. It wasn't just my wife and I praying. But it began to bring the body into unity. And we begin to come corporately. Corporate prayer is powerful. And, and when the body comes into this corporate move of God, it, it's an undivided church. Uh, he has the attention of the body being led by the course of the Holy Spirit. In this moment of time, I watched to my side, I saw this man jump out of the bushes, literally, and I dreamed about this guy. He was on the outside of our building right there. I dreamed about this guy, and he was a sorcerer. A uh, couple encounters with him, and, and the fear of hell would, would come near. But there's a fear of God that's greater than the fear of hell. And, and what I watched was this guy, he had no shirt on, he had long hair in the back, and he jumps up out of the bushes and he begins to run as fast as he can. And the terror of God began to pursue after him. It was something that there was just, God, what's going on? I can't see it. All I've got is something. I'm sensing something's brooding. And the Lord didn't just advertise it. He began to expose it in the midst of prayer. Now, there's counsel of wisdom. And the Lord will. He'll provide us with wisdom to be astute to the seasons and times. Like Daniel, let's study it. Let's search it. What, what time is it? We have natural time, but the Lord will absolutely bring us into his time, the time of heaven. Uh, we have times that are going on, times and seasons uh, that, that we're, we're looking into. But, but when you hear like the sounds of war, uh, there's things that just aren't advertised. But he's preparing the body. Was, at times there will be dreams There'll be visions. There'll be many things that will come in a time of uncertainty. Many of you will begin to find that in this body, there's a tremendous load that's going to begin to shift your way. Uh, part of it is with the prophets. Uh, part of the call on the prophets here is it's going to be more like a call center. The call of God is going to be the center of your attention. And when the call of God, he's going to begin calling you into places to where your attention is solely on the kingdom of heaven ministering to the king of kings and hearing his absolutes and directing it there are offenses but yet the lord says intercede 
when you'll find also that there, David, that there's going to be people that will call in, pastors will call in to be pastors because they don't know what's going on, but there's a place of healing. It's going to be a refuge center. I'm not changing your course. I'm telling you that undeniably there'll be those that will be calling in from the nations. We want to know what shall we do? We, we have terms of understanding, but we've never been into this area. And there's going to be a call that the Lord's going to begin to solidify the prophets together. Very unique time like no other time in the body of Christ. Uh, again, not just isolating the prophets from the body of Christ. It's a part of the body. Uh, we will be tempered with those that have giftings of healing. The music, I mean, those that bring worship in, the anthem of heaven, listening for the course of what the Lord's breathing is going to be more than a process, but it's, a, it's an impartation of the Lord releasing. That word release is, is governmental from heaven. We're, we're looking at government of nation, but the Lord says, take your tension and apply it to me, the government of heaven. It's going to be a sound that will be very aggressive, but it's not just a musical sound. It's the Lord, again, assembling the dry bones. We've come into a place where we were dry, absolutely dry, and surrendered to God. He gave, he's giving me a time of dreams, and the dreams are so not just fascinating, but they've become fearful. They're, they're fearful dreams, and then he'll give me the second dream. And he began to show me the comfort of heaven in the midst of mortarism. It's, it's like who advertises, who wants to address mortarism? I mean, it's like, uh, again, is there such a word, mortarism? Uh, we'll ask our, our teachers. But, but when the Lord begins to address the body of Christ, and he says, I'm going to awaken, I'm going to expose, I'm going to illustrate, I'm going to bring vision back to the church. You'll find there's a wave coming that was like, we've always prophesied like this. We heard or we saw. But then the Lord begins to take a fountain and says, come. He says, because I'm renewing your faith. I'm restoring who you are as watchmen. Had a unique dream. And the dream was in the January of, of the beginning of this year. And it was a trumpet that was in the trash. Uh, when David said uh, the sound of the trumpet, uh, it, it's been an interesting dream and an interesting time. I understand a little bit about the trumpet. It's like the sound of the prophets. But, but in the trumpet, uh, I go to the trash and I pull the trumpet out and it's broken. It's in a bag and I begin to put all the pieces together. There's one part missing but it begins to sound. It can still play. And, and there's something that's broken that's been in the body of Christ. And the Lord's beginning to take us out of brokenness to release the sound of what He says. Uh, there's a difference of what man says versus what God says. It's like it's purified. It's in, it's in the place of being sanctified. If the Lord's sanctifying the body of Christ, that means He's setting aside. A purging takes place. A purification. Uh, we can't go the way that we've always have gone. Uh, just think... I I have a luxury to go in. I can wear a garment of praise, but into the holy place. When the priest came into the, into the place of, of where they would go behind, I'll uh, say behind the veil, the ministry of, of the priest was in the holy of holies. And they couldn't wear the garments that were on the outside. But when they would come from ministering to the Lord, then they would put on their garments. They would leave their priestly garments on the inside, and they couldn't wear it on the outside. But what do you wear? Are you wearing a facade? Or do you wear the heart of God? Do you shine outside as well as inside? God's given you a protection and a covering. He's a supernatural God, but there's a demand of holiness. Now God, again, He'll search the things that seem unsearchable. He'll take you into the place of purification. Do you remember Esther before she stands before the king? She's going to go through a time of sanctification, so to say. 
time of purification, one year of purification before she literally stands before the king. What if the Lord our God says, I want to bring you into the place where you stand before me, but you can't stay the way that you've been? He said, I want you to come to the place to where you stand holy, righteous, under the blood. Yes, always repent, cleanse, be holy. But you can't wear the splattered garments of the world, and you can't expect the movement of God. But when Esther comes into the throne room of God right there, who's dressed her? I mean, is she wearing what everyone else is wearing? Or has there been a man that was set aside to put garments that will present herself before the king? Well, the Lord has garments, robes that are sanctification set aside for the body of Christ. Coming in with praise, rejoice in the King of Kings and announce His glory. To announce His glory is not your glory. There was a man that uh, just recently I, I, I found out. I was in Germany in June. And in this time, I um, came into this place, and uh, a smaller place, and the man had um, came up and, and he began to testify of something that had happened to him. Uh, six years ago, a, there, a man had come into, into the place where I was, and uh, he was in a wheelchair. He was, um, again, paralyzed from the waist down, could not move. When he came into this place right, right there, he just, the lady told him, he, he didn't know Jesus, but the lady told him, he said, you need to go see Johnny Foote. And, and if you see Johnny Foote, he'll take care of you. Well, the guy came, he couldn't get to service, but he came out. I was leaving that, that Sunday morning. I'm with the pastor, and the man rolls up in his wheelchair, and he came to see me, and I just, when I met him right there, he said, I, I want you to pray for me. He's been given instructions. I want you to pray for me. And the first thing I told him, I said, sir, I can't do anything for you. And, and he gets mad because he was sent because this man will take care of you. And now he's telling me, I can't do anything for you. Sir, I can't do anything for you, but Jesus Christ can prayed for the man right there. Pastors and I were prayed for the man, and we left. I went my way, pastors went their way, and the man was left in the parking lot. He's on the outside. He's been prayed for. Nobody helped him. Where's the help that I thought that man could give me? And as he began to wheel himself to his car right there, he wheels himself up, and he reaches up from the waist down. Again, there's no strength. There's no ligaments. There's, there's no muscles. There's, things are just gone. His nerves are, are, are gone. He has nothing he reaches up to pull himself up in the car, and he finds there's strength in his legs. He pulls himself up, and he's having an encounter with the living God on the outside, and he's not on the inside. Uh, what I wanted to tell you, that there's something that God wanted to tell you. I, I never knew about it. I wasn't supposed to know about it, because it's not my glory. Any man that takes glory, any man that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. But what the Lord did on that day, what he was doing, he was preparing a man that didn't have a confidence in man, but would have a confidence in the living God. On that day, the man that didn't know Jesus Christ, that day he met the living God in a parking lot where there was no man. There's something happening on the journey of the living God to where it's not man's glory. But that day, God took a man and he became an evangelist. He didn't go to school, but that day he met the living God of heaven, the God of all creation. And he understand, man can't heal me, but my God can. My God became his God. And he began to serve the living God. And he extraordinarily began to go and witness from that day. Six years, the Lord put him into a place to where I went everywhere I could to tell him about Jesus Christ, what he did for me. What did Jesus do for you on a day like this? Maybe it may not be as drastic, 
but it may be extreme. See, on that day that he stands up, I, I didn't know, and it's not an applaud for man, but it's always an applaud for the living God. What he'll do, where he'll walk, where he'll go, and where he wants to send you. He's sending us to a place as to where he's going to put us on our knees. These dreams that he begins to insert, it's like there's times when he says, remember the covenant. Remember the covenant that you have with me, that I bought you with a price of blood. It was my son. Salvation is powerful. It's a covenant of eternity. And we're there we're going streamlined as ambassadors, anointed by the king to walk as shepherds, anointed to do the king of the work, the work of the king. This work is, is in front of you, and he's bridging the gap. When the Lord gives you an accessibility to the throne room of God, an ambassador has an accessibility to stand before government, high authority. You stand before the living God, and what He tells you to do is exercise what my Father has given me to do. What I do is what I see my Father do. And it's the same thing for the body of Christ. We're groaning in the Spirit right there, but there's a maturing of release. Oh, many years ago, again, before we, we had a, a move into church, uh, there was something stirring in my spirit. I couldn't identify it. So it's like being pregnant. And the Lord took me to the place. He said, go out and, and just shake my face. Just grab hold of me. Similar like, like what David's doing. I may not see it, but it was that place to where it was silent. I don't know if silent can be identified as a sound, but it's a sound like no other where there's no sound. Uh, Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm misconstruing how it would be, but when there's no sound, nothing's taking place. God's waking you up in the middle of the night, and he says, come out and sit before me. I was at a condominium with a good friend of mine sitting out on, on the outside, and the Lord just said, come and wait. And what we were doing, I knew he was stirring something without releasing a word of what was yet to come. This strange word was coming inside of me that he wanted me to pastor, but he wasn't releasing the word yet. It seemed like this oxymoron. Like, God, you're saying, but you're not saying. I feel it, and I don't understand. It's this strange feeling of being pregnant, and, and a man doesn't have the capability to. But God's inserting his word inside, and there's a pregnancy by the spirit of a living God because I'm stirring you to do something that you've never done before. That's part of the release that's coming in the body of Christ, areas that you've never walked in before, the release of heaven, releasing what's do, being done in heaven, being released on earth, finding the finite heart of God, and where is it, these places of restrictions. And on that place was like a mountaintop for me. We're, we're about as high as we can get on flat land in Florida. And a condo about six floors up, looking out over the water, woken up at night just watching a blank sky. And, and about an hour goes by, and then I heard the Lord speak. The first thing I thought he was speaking was a little motorboat came by. I said, this must be God, and the boat goes on by. Silent night, nothing being spoken. But when he released his word, he did something so dramatic that I'd never forget. Uh, and David talked about it, and, and again, just not being absorbed with, with sounds or times, but sometimes God wants to identify something that I'm so there, that I got you in the right place at the right time. I don't want anybody else's eyes, but I want your eyes upon me. There wasn't a crowd around me. I'm by myself up on the sixth floor. Nobody I can see around me. It's nighttime, and the Lord begins to speak. In that hour when he began to release, I saw what I felt like was his hand. I did not see a literal hand, but as he began to speak, he said, Son, he said, you're going to pastor. And when he did that, a shooting star came from the east into the west, and it looked like the finger of God had just put it in line and drew it horizontally across. And he spoke it a second time. He said, Son, he said, I'm going to confirm it to you. He said, I'm going to confirm 
confirm it with a double portion. He said, I told you again, he said, that I'm going to call you and that I established you. And this was the confirmation. A second shooting star came from east to west. It's like, I didn't glory in the star, but I feared my God. It became a place to where I should, I can't re-rehearse the past. I can't live in the past. But what I'm telling you this is that what God's releasing, there's something so similar, like a time and a season, to where we didn't maybe see the writing on the wall, but dreams begin to come. They begin to impact, and He begins to put us to places to where, search my heart. It's this unknowing, unstoppable, but yet the Lord says, move into my presence. This place of holiness, uh, again, with uh, dreams, the Lord would begin to address me in places that, that were just, uh, you think you're well or, or seems like everything's well. And then he opens me up surgically in this dream. In the midst of the dream right there, there are things that are inside of me. Uh, very graphic, there's two restrictors. I'm talking about snakes inside of me. It's like real spiritual. You want somebody that's handling snakes? It's like, Lord, it, it was so strange. And so fearful that it scared me to pieces right there. God, what's inside of me? And he began to move these restrictors out of side of me. I'm talking about they look like this anaconda, just weird stuff inside of me. I said, God, search me. Remember what David said. David cried and said, search me, oh God, search me if there's any wickedness inside of me. And God was doing an operation on the inside of me that I can't explain to you. I, I literally, it's like I, I feel ashamed in the thing that's something that, that would be inside of me. But what God began to release was there's things that have come down from your generation that I've come to remove. There's things that have restricted you from moving where I move. And as he began to move it, fear came over me because there's a dreaded fear of the presence of a living God. But he said, I called you with a, birth, a birthright of heaven. You have the birthright of heaven. You have the birthright. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He came not just to endorse things, but he came to endorse his sons and his daughters in the maturity of release. When you find some things are graphic because the Lord brings it before your eyes, he said, I want you to know what I've delivered you from. Israel, what you've been delivered from, you've been delivered from Egypt. I took you into a time of quietness, a wilderness. And in the wilderness is a place where God begins to groom, put his hands in like a potter. It's areas to where nobody wants to live there because it's not like where we live ever before. God began to put his hand into a nation. He's beginning to raise up a generation with a birthright that's going to take a promised land. This generation that's coming up is like no other generation that we've ever seen before. That's why he's plotting the ground, bringing us into a place to where you can't just run in and you can't just run out. It's like Joshua, he's a servant, and he's coming next to Moses. Moses is, is the high-profile prophet. He's having encounters with the living God, sees him face to face, and there's no man on earth that's ever walked in this area. And God's taking another generation, and he's bringing them right alongside of him like Joshua. And he's beginning to execute an impartation inside of him that's never as been. And when the presence of God would come down, you'd see that, that God would move and all the camp would stand up and they'd watch the approaching of the move of God in the city. Outside of the camp is the move of God. Moses is leaving and Joshua is staying in the presence of God. I'm bringing it to your attention because there's a call from the outside to the inside. 
from the heart of God. His eyes are upon the sparrow. His eyes is upon his children. He knows where you're moving. He knows where you're calling. Some of you were called here. I mean, you've got testimonies why you were brought here. Why did God bring you here to this strange land? Some from flatlands, from Florida, Kansas, different areas where you came from. But here we have this approach of coming together, this camaraderie of uncertainty. God, why are we here? I mean, I don't know anybody, but yet God begins to call you to become fit in. And it's like, God, my gift may not be prophetic, but how do I fit in? And the Lord begins to uniquely show the bones, and they're coming together in the uniqueness of a body, the body of Christ. He's putting in, he's simplifying. He said, it's not just the head. He said, but I've called you even to be like the toe. I want you to know, he said, I'm encapsulating, I'm incorporating my body to function in the fullness. His word is always absolute. You can trust in God. See, there's a time of leadership when there's no head there's, there's no profile. How can you follow without a head? And Jesus began to identify. He said, I am the chief cornerstone. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus. I know you do. There's a thrust of the sickle coming in, and it's in the harvest. Governmentally, it, it's so, so, seems erratic. But what God's doing is constant and consistent. Stirring the body of Christ up, awakening us up in times, all times of day and night, calling us like Daniel for awakenings of the Spirit of God, calling us to pray and search the heart of a living God. And then like Habakkuk, writing down what he says, and then being coming to that place of maturity that we begin to write. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Write it down, write it down, write it down. How can they run? How can this next generation run unless we stand before God and hear what he's saying? He always confirms by the word of God, Jesus, he is the word. He loves His Word. He loves it when you're in your Word. He doesn't like it whenever you're isolated and you're on a fast of the Word because He is the Word. Don't fast from the Word. Come back to the Word of God. Jesus, He is the Word. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's alive. He's amongst us. He came to heal and set captives free. The Pharisee watches. Will he mess up his words? Will he not fulfill all the scripture? Will he not declare? Will he not dot the I's, cross the T's? Watching, watching, watching. But God's watching sons and daughters. Said, can I release? He's looking for the hope. I love it that when there's prayer, when it goes up, because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's your ambassador. He's right there. It's in that courtroom of heaven where everything will go. Everything. There's nothing undone that doesn't pass through the throne room of God. He knows all things. He searches it out. Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord says, I will walk to see it and see if it's so. He'll prove it. He'll test it. He'll watch it. The world's not undone. The eyes of the Lord are on it. Your ambassador, our king, who's arisen from the dead, Jesus Christ, is alive. He's our advocate, and he's declaring the hope of the Father. All that's been written, the prophetic words that haven't come to pass, are assured that will and they shall. Salvation's at the gate. We marvel at times and seasons that seem so difficult. But if you look at even men that were raised up in difficult seasons of their life, John the Baptist, he's in a place of government. And in a place of government, it's high profile, but the government of God is moving when there's an ungodly government moving. In the midst of an ungodly government, God's awakening a man, and he says, prepare the way. I called you from your birth, and the birthright is sure. Guys, so many of you guys that you, you were brought here, you have a call by the birthright of God. And that's what I want to tell you, is that what begins to take place here is coming to the place of the heart. Listening to the heart of God and identifying what he says, what he's going to do. 
there's a day of fishing, fishermen are going, fishermen love to fish. I mean, it's just in them. I don't think you can shake it out of them. That day that Peter says after Jesus is arisen, gathers his guys, says, guys, I'm going fishing. Who's on board? And when we see the group of guys, they're on board, they're fishing. Remember, they fished all night long and they haven't caught anything, but there's something about to break out. Something's about to be loosed right there. There's different things that you're going to see are loosed. It's one, I can't identify with the voice, but there's a voice that comes from on the shore. The men are out on the water. It's unidentifiable voice. And John, I, I love it because John, he's like the prophetic voice in the voice. He's the man who's going to write Revelation. He's the man who's at the heart of the Lord Jesus, and he's identifying it's the Lord's voice. When he hears, he's identifying the sound of uncertainty because Peter doesn't know who it is. Children, have you caught any fish? We fished all night long. They're having conversations. They don't even know who they're talking to. They're talking to a stranger is what it looks like. But John, he's got their, the ears being awakened. And he's hearing and he identifies, Peter, it's Jesus. What does he do? He dives in. He's all in. And that's what's happening in the body of Christ. It's an extreme awakening. It's like we've heard many voices. But to hear the Lord's voice, we know that we know. And we begin to jump in and dive in. God's doing more than just creative miracles. He's calling us to be astute and awakened. And he's bringing ears. He's doing all Operations on the ears. It's like removing deafness. There's literal deafness, literal deafness being removed. Blindness coming off of eyes. So that what can he do? He begins to mark the body of Christ in areas to where what happened to their eyes? What happened to their ears? What happened to their senses? Their feelings? What happened to my body? And he says, I come to awaken. He's alive. His Holy Spirit is, is doing something that's mammoth in a moment of time. Doing that which is creative by the living God. There's a stirring that he began to broadcast uh, with dreams. He's called me to run to Daniel. It's, it's like, God, what, what, what are these crazy dreams that you're giving me? I mean, I'm dreaming about this orchard. And in this orchard, it's dry. It's this peach orchard. It must be Georgia, I'm sure. But anybody from Georgia? <laughs> must be Georgia sweet. There we go. But what, what I say, I saw this orchard, and it's dry. There, there's no rain coming, nothing there. The next night, he gives me a dream, and, and there's, there's somebody that, that releases this package nuke. And it's like, boom, it goes off. It's like, does that not carry you to the throne room of God? God, what's going on in our nation? I've got judgment on the left side, no rain. See, when, when the body, when, when people remove themselves from God, that's part of his judgment, he'll stop the rain. And we need rain. Uh, we, we need natural water to live. But we need the rain of God. And God called his people to cry out, if you're silent, there's no rain. But what the enemy likes to do, there's times when the enemy, he'll expose what the enemy wants to do. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's what he can do. But when he begins to awaken the body of Christ and you're sitting in the place, what do we do when the Lord begins to give us a download? Do we just hold on? Well, one, there's, we wait. We watch and we can only move until he releases. That word release is what's happening, I believe, here today. I, I, I literally was watching in awe. Lord, what is it that you're scribing on the hearts of men? What do you want to do here? And, and I understood a little bit more of, of his impartation. That, that when Paul, when he came in, there was something that he had a desire. He had a desire to impart gifts. Uh, it was his joy to see God impart gifts. Now, you've received, can I just clarify, this isn't recreational gifts. If you're a recreational weekend warrior, uh, you may have your exclusive right because you paid your dues or you thought you did. But the mantle can't be spotted. Your garments 
are going to go into places to where you'll be secure that you stand before the living God because he said, I called you to be holy. I called you into my house to be holy as I'm holy. Things that you can't do that you had the liberty to do before. I'm free. Sure, yeah, you're free. But there's something about being on the outside court versus being on the inside court. Leaning in, what did he say? What did he say? I don't want to have to have somebody tell me, it's Jesus. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. This is my heart. But sensing again, Lord, what will you do tonight? Not just stories of the past, but, but this day. What is it? Is it a time when you're releasing? October becomes very unique. September and October for me are very unique times of the year when the Lord begins to describe things that are starting to happen. Uh, one, it's, it, I have a birth date in, in this time and season, but also he begins to, to prepare me for things that come. It's not typically for me on the new year, although he will tell me things, but he begins to literally just unfold. It just seems like a season of time of unfolding that he'll begin to tell me, prepare yourself, get ready. But he began to tell me about the body. He said, there's impartation, he said, but, and there's gifting. He said, but there's also a launching. He said, you can't launch out unless there's ascending. And when the Lord begins to send you out, there has to be a commissioning. And with the commissioning, there has to be an anointing. Uh, I mean, are we just going down a checklist? He just literally came to brood over you. He came to impart to you what man can't do. This desire that Paul has, there's a desire that God has that's greater than man. It's a desire that the living God would anoint you, that you'd be punctual in your gathering, that you'd not just be sophisticated in what you have, but that you're ready for appointments that are on the outside, being ushered into his kingdom. The government, the government of God will maintain. Now, Daniel, these crazy dreams that he's giving me, he said, I want you to go to Daniel. Uh, are, are there times when there's things that, that you can't identify? I, I use my handy uh, quite a bit. I use my phone quite a bit for it, my Bible app. Now, I'm sitting there looking at it, and, and I'm just I'm trying to chase it down, get it on, on my book where I want it. And, and I'm in this different book, but I've got this little imprint, Daniel. It's this little blue thing, and it's stuck on my, on my app. I can't get it off. I mean, I always need my son to get it off, but I can't move it off. I can't bounce my finger on it. It's like, Lord, I, I know you're giving me a sure sign. I mean, excuse me how lame it seems, but it's like, it's a lame sign, but I've never had this before. It's like, Daniel, I'm going to spell it out. I can't move it out. I'll check it off. I'll move it off. I'll change it. I'll go to a different, a different account. I'll come back, and it's Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I said, all right, Lord, I understand a little bit. Let's go through the book of Daniel, and let's begin to look at what you've got and what you're doing. And he began to bring me into an update, and he began to show me a little bit about his government and the time of the season that we're in about government. Where our eyes are on governmental issues, and yet the government of God, it says, if you take your eyes to me, he said, I'm going to cause you to be the breath of life in the midst of time of opposition. See, there was opposition that opposed during the time and season of Daniel, but God was literally raising up a young man, and even with corporately with guys that were part of, of his company, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, names that were given by the king. But God had given them a company of coming together. They're not eating the same meal as anyone else. They're setting themselves aside. It's like this fasting place. It's a lifestyle to where I can't eat the king's, the king's meal of men but I want to eat the meal that God approves. He's being sanctified, set apart. There's going to come a time and season where King Nebuchadnezzar is, has a dream and he doesn't remember the dream. You know it well, but here is a man is uncertain. He has no foundation to go through. They bring in the sorcerers. The world is calling. There's an anthem of calling out for the seers, sorcerers, 
the ungodly, going to those that can read palms, tell me, I can't remember the dream. And he called them all in, and he makes a demand, tell me the dream, and there's no possibility, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you the answer. God's doing something so unique because they can't answer. The world can't answer. That's why he's awakening the body of Christ. What I saw was more than a call center in this place. I saw a place to where dreams are coming. Dreams were coming in governmental areas. And the Lord was sending a call to who can tell me what God's saying to me. Who can tell me the answer? And when you look at the sorcerers and they say, nobody, nobody can speak, nobody, unless the gods are inside of them. But there's a man who the living God is inside of, and he's inside of Daniel. He's a prophet that's being raised up in his season and his time. God's raising up a generation in his season and time of men and women that will come together, listen to the heart of God, and literally begin to declare what it says. This is the place I want to watch. Lord, what do you want to approach? How do we approach your throne? What do we do? Are we insecure or shall we become secure by you? And I felt like the Lord wanted to begin to prophesy over his people. I felt like he wanted to just do a dimension that didn't look like church, but he began to do something where there wasn't just a sound, but there was a release. Uh, in Germany, again, I'm, I'm there oftentimes and begin to hear about a sound of release, uh, and, and it was a sound of rain. Uh, there's something about a sound and, and there's no rain. My interpreter's with me and we hear a sound. Uh, it's right in the middle and the Lord's speaking about a release of rain. Now I understand it from a spiritual context. When the rain comes, it's like a supernatural move of God. Uh, but yet there's a response coming. Uh, they have this open glass. It's an open atrium. And, and then there, you can see if it rains or not. She's standing beside me, my interpreter right there. And during the service, the Lord, it's like this bat downpour comes. A downpour of rain. It's only a sound, and it was then. And the sound was of rain that was going to come. There were not everybody heard, but there were people that did hear a sound. There's times I've come here and I've felt things here. It's like I just felt I would feel like the floor would begin to move here. I felt it in different places. Is it strange? Are you just weird? I don't know. I just probably, but, but but God sometimes He just wants to awaken your senses. It's not just a feeling. He said, but I want to do something that you've not seen before. I want to rain on my people. I want to restore my people. If you put a seed in the ground, will it come through? We're looking for, for that conducive time. It's like, is the season right? Can, is the weather right? Is it time to plant? God speaks in seasons, and he takes us out of the seasons of man and brings us into the seasons and times of God. It may not be conducive in the natural mind or thought to establish how can we plant, how can we run, how can we restore. But God's planting, he's watering, and it's more than just a smell of rain. It's a sound of his rain. But when his sound comes, there's also a different response. We hear it often before we see it. And prophetically, that's one of those alarms going on. I don't see it, I don't hear it. You get a prophetic word, we hear a word, it's like the watchman. Let's put the watchman up here. Sister Susie, she's coming. Um, we put a watchman up here. She ought to be here in about 10 minutes, but yet she's not here. She's a keynote speaker, making up Sister Susie. We got a watchman up on top. He begins to report what he sees. We're down here worshiping. We can't see what the watchman's seeing. He's reporting. I see her up on the main street right there. She's beginning to turn the corner. She's coming. But because we're living here, we can't see what the watchman's saying. The report of the Lord's coming in a time to where, will you believe what the prophets say? Is there a confidence? You need a confidence in that which is being matured. We don't want to run premature, but we want to run in the time and also in the steps that is given to us. 
if the Lord's bringing his seed and he's planting it, he's also going to water it. He's going to mature. He's going to begin to raise it up. And I believe part of this is more than a harvest. We're coming into a season where, God, we can't go any farther unless you breathe on us. We can't go any farther unless you absolutely restore us. You've gathered us here. We've got a building. We've got everything in place, but we're waiting. When the Lord began to release the place where the disciples were going to go, he told them where I want you to go. I'm going to release. I'm giving you a sound. Go, and I will release. So some of you came here because there's a release that God began to speak of. And you've sat, and it's been silent. Where is it? How long? Why? And some people left came we thought that it was in this time but some people were brought and they're waiting like Anna Anna and Simeon we heard God speak that there's a release coming and I want to see the birthright and I believe that there's a birthright not because of man but because of our father in heaven raising up a generation here right here where you live at in this place I believe that he's bringing all sorts of people and I'm talking about they're gonna look like little toes little fingers some will just be enlarged that they may have high profile but the body's putting us out of dysfunction into function. He's putting us into a place of assemblies together where we work together, where we begin to work corporately. I feel it. How spiritual is that? I sense it. God's taking a move and he's putting the eyes back in place, breathing on the bones, and they're becoming enlarged to where it becomes a living body moving. That's what I believe tonight is about. When I say night, I mean from night to day, day to night. He's in the beginning. He's in the ending. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's doing an outpouring that can't be reached by men. We can only talk words. If it's words, there will be no response. But if the Lord so broods and so chooses on a day like this and begins to restore the body to what we were called to do, you'll find that your ankle bones are going to begin to move. You'll find that things that were on you, shackles and chains, are starting to come apart, coming off. You'll find that the things that were just where I couldn't move before I couldn't breathe, that you'll begin to breathe. God begins to bring a healing because it's part of his birthright. And the Pharisees watch, will there be something that we can accuse? But they can't stop what God begins to pour. There's an outpouring. The man whose hands withered, it's like a birth time of being, being held, can't release until God releases the hand. If God's restoring the hand, he's also restoring the foot. He's restoring the eye. It's like, don't worry about where you fit. Be a man of God. Be a wooden woman of God. Don't carry about This is who I am, doctor, this doctor. That it's good. I'm glad we need you. We need the doctors. We need every high profile that there is, but we need you in your position because he came to mature us, raise us up to where we ran together in the fullness of the speed of a living God. See, I need your hands to be able to reach out and touch to where no man sees. You're going into places being sent by the living God. You're going into structures to where we can't all fit into the same store. If everybody makes a run and we're going to the same restaurant, we can't all fit because we got to rush going on. God's going to disperse and he's going to move. Not here, but he also touches and releases. That's what he did in the book of Acts. Go there. It's a little bit quiet, but I want you to wait. That doesn't fit with the American culture. My lifestyle, your lifestyle, we need to hurry up and we'll make it happen. Pull yourself up, make it go, move. But when God begins to call you into a place of waiting, is also a brooding by the Spirit of God and let it be. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. I'm going to ask that, that our musician, um, our brother that was just leading us, that he'd just come up for a moment. And if the Lord begins to so paint a portrait on your eyes, get, get ready. Uh, watch what he begins to draw and illustrate. And if the Lord so chooses to illustrate, he'll bring back vision back to the eyes. All glory, all eyes on the Lord. The book of the upper room, it's a book of Acts. It's a book that's taken place in our lifetime 
When shall this take place? When do we do what you do? And I just see the groaning pains coming together. And when the Lord spoke about releasing, I began to watch one joint after another coming together. Body coming together. Men and women looking up, beginning to smile again. Beginning to breathe again. Chains coming off. Worship coming into the body of Christ. Strength coming back to the body of Christ. And the romance of the king coming in your dwelling place. No longer a silent place of worship, but the living God. You rose to the occasion because the Spirit of God moved in this house. But in silence, can you still move? And then we wait. And then he begins to release. And you may not speak the same language that he speaks to each one of you. Some you're going to feel. Some you'll sense. The teacher will begin to awaken. He'll begin to draw the maps of the scriptures inside of you. Teachers, I love you. The Lord bless you. We need you. We hunger for your word, the word that God's given to you. Evangelist, we scream. We scream for you. We scream for you. We scream for you. The anointing of God rests on you. You carry the birthright of God. Call in the midst of calamity. Come. And here we see the pastor. Beloved of God. Beloved of God. Beloved of God. Pastors, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. The Lord fortify you. The Lord heal you. He's sending. He's sending healing. Prophets. Not just isolated in a cave. But we need you. We need you brothers. We need you sisters. We need you on the watch. We need you healed. The damage control. The damage reports are in. Men being hit, eyes being lost, ears being shot. God's giving us a heartbeat to hear and to listen. Apostles, be strong. The mandate of God, He came to strengthen you, papas, your papas, mamas, and papas that will stand in the gap. Hearing, standing, confusion, we dismiss it, we break it. God brought a body together to stand corporately. Judgments in the land, but healings in the power of our God. We stand not in a time of intermission, but we found a place that we can rest in His peace. Peace of God. Peace of God. Peace on our nation. It doesn't make sense. We need to be armed, ready, run. But yet when the Lord says, stand in my peace, move in my peace, you'll find this collaboration of the Lord moving. Angelic host on stand, watching, being dispatched by the living God. We love encounters, and it didn't stop, he never has. But it's times that take you to the dry waters. And he wants to take you down to the dry wells, where it seems there's no water and I'm thirsty. He's calling the body to become thirsty again. I'm going to bring a thirst that's never been in the land before. It's coming in our generation. A thirst for the living God. And not just for things that are fluff and stuff. We've heard about anointing and we've seen little healing. But we're asking you, Father God, who does heal. Poor. Didn't just come to rearrange schedules. 
came to establish children that will walk with God, hunger of God. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem, there's a crowd that's gathering and he stands in his glory. And our king humbly comes on a colt that's never been ridden on. And as he comes in right there, the crowd begins to roar. Children begin to move and they're beginning to cry and weep. The move of God's coming into Jerusalem. Find your place where you're standing today for the living God. It's been silent, but here he comes, the release of the king coming in. It's our king. They begin to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They're crying in the temple. And the Pharisee says, stop it, shut it down. And he says, if they stop, the rocks will cry out. What are you standing on today? Leaders, what are you standing on today? You've stood on someone else's philosophy. You took philosophy and you declared it as God. Repent. God said, stand on the word of God. You stand on the word of God. You're a mouthpiece for the living God. And if he doesn't move, you don't move. You wait, you wait, you wait. And when he says go, you go. You'll find the folly's being broken off. It's not the success of men, but it's a healing of the men and women of God. Healing our generation, restoring us to move as he moves, and the call is gonna change. You'll find it's awakening, that trumpet that I saw in the dream, it was broken, but it's still played. Out of brokenness comes a place of sound, of his healing, it's the sound of his glory. Prepare my army, prepare my walls, prepare my walls, prepare my city, prepare my nation, prepare my time with you. We're being prepared like Pastor David said. David is an apostle, and I know he's pastor here, but there's an apostolic calling, and there's things that seem frustrating, maybe. It's like this, this, this pulling, a stretching. But what you're watching, you're watching a man who is literally named as a David, and part of this army is strategic by God that he gathers. The portrait that God begins to draw of a David is very much the David that you see here today. A man that didn't look at someone else's strength, but he began to gird himself in the strength of his God. And that's a David. He's a leader that God chose. And there are many men here that may have a name David, but he's one of the Davids that's called in our season, in our time. Uh, he has a strength that God's given him to call to prayer, to call not by reason of men and not by reason of doubt, but by reason of that which is explained and literally by God. There are things that have been exploited and they have no life. But the Lord's calling a mouthpiece. And when he calls the mouthpiece to stand up and calling us to holiness, you'll find that heaven is in a place of standing. It's a place of standing. What will the church do? And what will even come in this place? I knew that there was a place that the Lord would begin to secure in this place. He'd begin to bathe you with his love. There's something so international that's going to begin to happen with the love of God here. It's like the smell of his presence is coming, the aroma of his presence. Uh, you have people that are, that are even outside of the camp here today. But the aroma of his presence begins to invade. Their minds begin to be healed. They'll understand God is moving mountains even in the rim that's physical. But he called you from physical to that place of spiritual to where now I've healed you. Go tell them what I've done. Go tell them what I'm going to do. Go tell them. He rearranged your schedule. Maybe you just said, God, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. And the awakening came. He said, don't you remember? He said, don't you remember? Don't you remember? The virgins that are wise, they're ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Father, will you heal us? Would you please heal us? 
Would you set us free? We're a band of brothers and sisters that you brought together in a unique place, Lord, in the mountains. It's a unique place, Father God, that you said, I'll lay a foundation, I'll clear roads, I'll bring you off the main road, and I'll bring you in a pathway into the wilderness. I'll carve out a place where you can meet with me and stand with me if you'll come. If you'll come. And if you'll come and gather in my presence, I'll begin to speak and I'll tell you things of what I shall do. And I'll proceed with things that you haven't seen, but you'll know that I've called you into a place of obedience. It's coming into a place of astute relationship with the living God. You're going to find people walking on this campus. People are going to be brought. It's a strange time, but you'll begin to watch people begin to walk here. God's going to bring them here, and they're lost. They'll find their places down in this campus, and they'll begin to walk. You'll find it's the strangest thing. People are walking, and you'll hear their words. What is it? Can I help you? What is it? Can I help you? God called me to this place, and all I know was he said, come here, walk on it, and pray. You've got people that God's sending here that you'll never see. Some of them you'll never see. They're going to come in late in the night. They'll come walking on this campus because God's calling a generation to pray. These are people that are called into areas that, that you haven't seen. He's unfolding. He's tempered us in the fire. This fire that's being rooted, it's like in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. There's a fire to bow down to an ungodly God. But we'll stand up. We're called to stand. We're called to stand, but we're called to awaken. This is the church, and this trumpet, it shall announce what God says. Though it's been broken, it will sound an appeal, an appeal of heaven, the appeal of heaven. It's the romance of the living God, calling not for runners that were qualified, but he's calling the unqualified 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 by men but saturated in the garments of God because you've been in the presence of God it's a time of healing this army of David we know our David here but this army that God's gathering is like a people we've never seen before these are people that were broken and God said you're an army for me this army here this army here in North Carolina it's the heart of God's purpose that it calls your heart to beat and not run away, but run and stand before the living God and worship Him. And this time of worship that you're hearing even in the background, it's more than just a note. It's the sound of the Lord breaking chains. In the worship in the midnight, there was a place where chains broke off men that had gone through a beating for the living God. You've been beat up a little bit, stand up tonight. Could you stand up today, literally, just standing, posturing yourself before the throne room of God? Could, would you mind just standing up? Maybe you're even watching and said, it doesn't make sense, I'm in my couch. Nobody sees if I'm standing up. It's like going to a movie theater and you're applauding and nobody's there. But God's calling you to stand up, and as you stand up, He applauds because you're standing for the King of Kings. When the songs begin to come, He came you to a place to where I'm desperate, I'm broken, I can't go any farther. Paul, Silas, in a place to where I'm broken, and it's the place where the broken begins to cry out. The psalmist begin to sing. There's an anointing that's released that God, only God of heaven, can begin to breathe back into the body. And we begin to sing a song, a new song, the song of worship in all the prison gates. Every man, every woman that was in prison, everybody that's been in prison, the Lord says, I will release worship me. The Holy Spirit will release a song because He called a gathering. He called a meeting today. He called a meeting that wasn't just subject to men but subject to that which was important to him. Will you come? Will you come to my throne? Will you come? Will you come? And your garments that are dotted, polka dotted by splashes of the world, he came to heal you, set you free, set you free. Lord, would you heal us? Can you cause the songs to begin to stir once again?
If God speaks, he'll brood. And if he's brooding, he's bringing life. He changes midnight. And midnight can only be in a moment. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy, joy comes in the morning. Father God, send. Father God, awaken, please. Father God, heal. Come on, chains. Father, I can't move. We've been bound. Father, you brought us here in our finances. We're bound. I'm asking, loose us. Loose us. Loose us. Loose us, Father God. Loose us.